Welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. You know, the thing about Easter is it's underrated as a holiday. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I understand the religious <laughs> meaning behind the holiday. I know that it's a really big day for Christians. Like it's, like it's a big deal. I feel like it's even more important than Christmas Day. I was under the impression that Christmas Day, Jesus' birthday, right? So that's fun. Actually, reminds me of Christmas when I tried to explain to Lola, my three-year-old, that Christmas Day was Jesus' birthday, and then it got to her birthday a couple of weeks ago, I had to explain again that the whole world doesn't stop for Lola's birthday, and we don't need to decorate a tree or um, sing specific Lola birthday songs. So whilst Jesus' birthday, kind of a big deal, people care less about her birthday. That was a real hard life lesson that a three-year-old had to learn. I digress. So that's Christmas. <laughs> and um, I was under the impression that Easter was, you know, he did, he gone, and then he came back to life. And then one of my best friends who is um, a Christian explained that, like, he come, well, I think I, I should have asked her again before I came on this podcast recording today. But so he's like, he's died, he's dead, he's gone, everyone's very sad, but they all hang around for a bit. Like, you know, you do after like, an event you just sort of have a chat and then um he a couple of days later he came back was that is that it he was resurrected was there was a cross there he had holes in his hands <laughs> and then so she said and then he went up to heaven and i was like no, that's not right because in my mind in my imagination he he was resurrected, he came back to life and he sort of just like walked around. Like he, you know, he had some jobs to do, he had some people to talk to, he had to tick some boxes, he had a to-do list, you know, and then he came back, he, he did it and then a while later he, he died again. But apparently that's not the way it is. So I'm, I'm not, what I'm saying is, is that I'm not going to teach religion. <laughs> Hot cross buns, chocolate, <laughs> the end. It's an underrated holiday. It's actually, do you know what's my favourite holiday? It's my favourite holiday because of the decorations. I love it more than Christmas. I'm going to throw it out there. I love it more than Christmas because the decorations are next level. I go all out and a few of my friends think that's strange. They're like, I don't understand. Do you decorate your house for Easter? Of course I do. I don't put crosses everywhere, obviously, because I have no idea what Christianity is or means. So that's cool. But I put bunnies and chicks and just pastel coloured orothorang all over my house. I love it. I spent a lot of time a few weeks ago in Poundland, B&M, Home Bargains, Home Sense, all of the world's worst shops. And I got some really great tack, like really strong tack. I even have an Easter decoration box that I keep in the attic for such an occasion every year. And my love for Easter and my love for Easter decorations uh, has has inspired this week's podcast i want to talk to you about themed weddings also you know i hope you had a good easter um i hope you had a lovely time i've had a lovely time um 
I drink too much, I eat too much, and then it comes to to Tuesday, Wednesday, and I think, why aren't I slim? You know, it's a real pickle in my mind. Um, but I hope you had a lovely time. I had a lovely time. My favourite ever uh, themed wedding that I'd seen done in a classy way was an Easter themed wedding, and that's why I want to talk to you about themed weddings. So when I say now a days, when I say what is your theme, so I always say to my couple, do you have a theme? Now I think instinctively people assume that I'm that I'm talking about a theme like like a children's party theme, right? Like is my wedding going to be football themed <laughs> or Elsa themed or Hawaiian themed, Copacabana themed. Oh my god, how fun. Um whereas actually 9 times out of 10, especially in industry professional, if they say to you, "Do you have a theme for your wedding?" or "What is the theme?" they they mean less traditionally in that sense they mean more the vibe and the style and the colors and the feel of the day so I suppose when you say to people my wedding is um romantic or English garden um formal uh princess like festival um historical whimsical um forest it's all those those are essentially themes because actually what you're doing is you're then giving your wedding an overall vibe, an overall style, and then everything else kind of comes out of that um, umbrella. So in terms of themes in that way, I'm all for it. And I think actually to decide on a theme for your wedding pretty early on in the game does help because also what I think doesn't work, if I'm being honest, is when you mismatch, mishmash, mishmash, mishmash the themes. If you want, and I've said this before in various forms, if you want a festival wedding, that's the vibe you want. So you want music, you want flags, you want hay bales, you want um, maybe a glitter station, you want all this kind of really fun, free, colourful, summertime, out there, um, garden vibes. If you want a festival wedding, don't get married in a castle don't have like a really traditional um structured stiff um silk dress don't necessarily you know have your hair in a in a seriously tight top knot with those hideous beads <laughs> you know you can get like beads on clips that you put in your in your hair um it kind of like that's a mishmash of themes if you want a festival wedding and you're sitting in a teepee on a hay bale. I don't want to eat a three-course fine fine dining meal. That's a mishmash of themes. It's confusing me. It's confusing you and it's confusing me. I think if you decide on a certain theme, a certain style of your wedding, you need to like embrace it and you need to just go for it wholeheartedly. So festival wedding, I would say like street food, um, music constantly, loads of colour, wildflowers, See, even like the flowers, they kind of follow a theme. If you want a princess, romantic, over-the-top wedding, then you're not going to get married in a teepee and you're not going to sit on a hay bale, are you? And if you want um, a sort of industrial, uh, quite stark, modern wedding, then you're going to look at venues, you're going to look at dresses, food, flowers, decorations, everything else is going to, should anyway, go in that vein. It shouldn't be completely off-piste. Now, speaking of piste, <laughs> I'm piste, <laughs> I wish. Speaking of piste, um, 
that is another theme that I have done before. So I, before I was a celebrant, uh, I worked in a wedding venue and I saw a lot of weddings. I mean, I'm talking, I probably witnessed over, over well over a thousand weddings. And the thing is, every single one is different. Even the ones that are the same are different because it's for that person. So it's unique to them. But like I say, they're kind of all the same, but different, right? So one of the things that I love about being a celebrant is that without even trying, it is an immediate, quick, easy and impressive way to totally personalise your wedding. Because no matter what, that ceremony has not been done before. Those words have not been spoken before. So even if you have a similar um, venue to someone else or a similar style or a similar vibe, even if your dresses are the same, like at least something is super, super unique to you as a couple. So when you've seen that many weddings, you've seen some good, some bad and some seriously bloody ugly. And the thing is, is that as much as they are ugly <laughs> to me, they're not ugly to them. Do you know what I mean? It's like when I was a teenager, and I was all very, woe is me, I'm single and chubby. You know that I was, because I've told you before, I'm very heavy set. I would say to my mum, why does she have a boyfriend? Why does he have a boyfriend? Why do they have a boyfriend and I don't? And I'm not going to lie to you, I was a bit of a bitch. So I'd be like, why does she have a boyfriend when she's fatter than me? Or she's uglier than me? Or whatever, because I was, you know, a nightmare. Um, my mum would be like, well, everyone, there's someone for everyone. You know, there's someone for everyone. And that's a beautiful thing. So even if you look at people and think you're weird, at least they're weird together. At least they found each other. So I used to look at these weddings and go, oh, sweet, sweet Moses on a bike. What are you, what exactly are you thinking of here? Sometimes I would open up their decoration boxes and I'd want to lose them. I'd want to pretend that they disappeared and just, you know, do it myself. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Oh no, there was a flood in June and your order decorations, it's the weirdest thing. And then an elephant came in and the man sitting on the elephant stole all of your um, napkins. Yeah, I so sad, so sad. So what I've done is I've come up with an alternative decorative plan. <laughs> because some of them were so ugly, but they were not ugly to them. So even as an outsider, you can go, oh, no, or oh, my God, love, or wouldn't quite that way, but meh. But it doesn't matter because it's not your wedding. What matters is that that couple have chosen the decorations and the themes and the styles and the vibes for their wedding, for their day, to represent them as a couple. That is what is important. And that is the best, actually. So even the ugly ones, we used to take the piss. Oh, God, didn't we? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm really giving you some trade secrets now. But you know what it's like. Um... You know, you know when you go to the doctor and you're like, and then you feel embarrassed because you're like, you go home and you think, oh, I don't, I don't want to show them that. Am <laughs> I giving away too much? <laughs> or like, oh, you know, they must think that I'm really unhygienic or <laughs> you don't know what I'm trying to tell you as the words come out of my mouth. Do you know what I mean, though? And you think, oh, no, and you say to your friends, oh, don't be silly, they're a doctor. They've seen it all before. They've seen it all before. Let's be honest. If any of your doctors and you're listening, if you see something really gross surely surely you tell someone about it surely you're like i saw this today and it was absolutely repugnant <laughs> so let's be honest you know the world's a cruel place and even nice people have opinions so when you see over 200 weddings a year 
you're going to have opinions on them and you're going to share those opinions in the office. It's office bounce, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got to be careful no one hears you because <laughs> that would be pretty awful. But we all have our opinions and we used to see so much stuff. And we did have a lot of themed weddings. So I started working at this venue in 2000. Uh, oh, God, no, that's math. So we're now 2023. I finished working there in 2020, late 2019, and I've been there for five or six years. So work that out, Carol Borderman. Um, so it's, yeah, it's over a decade ago. Um, and obviously things have changed. Things have changed a lot since COVID as well with weddings. So that's, you know, to take into consideration. But um, we used to have a lot of themed weddings and it was always fascinating to me how they chose to represent those themes and now now I'm not talking themed weddings as in whimsical romantic luxurious rustic industrial chic glamorous over the top I'm talking themed weddings like Lord of the Rings Harry Potter Snow now that is a themed wedding Harry Potter's an obvious one, isn't it? People are really into him and what he does. <laughs> I get it. I read all the books. I like all the movies. I get it. Maybe it's just me because like, maybe I should say now, like disclaimer, maybe I'm just not that passionate enough about something to have a themed wedding about it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But Harry Potter is a huge one. We did a lot of Harry Potter themed weddings. And the thing is, another point I want to make straight off the bat is that there are ways right? There are ways to do a themed wedding. And actually, I've spoke to this about this to um, to the gorgeous Kirsten Little Wedding Helper. In a previous podcast, we spoke about it because as a wedding stylist, this is kind of what she does. She takes ideas and, and um, themes from the couple and then she creates something magical and beautiful and subtle and classy because that's what she does. That And she does it very well. So, for example, a Harry Potter themed wedding, right? I and this is something we spoke about on the podcast she has seen weddings where they've literally been dressed up in capes like drawn a z on their forehead got wands flown in on a broomstick like that's that's one end of the spectrum and then the other end of the spectrum a wedding that she has done which i have seen actually i saw it live when she did it. i didn't realize at the time that it was her uh, but they wanted a Harry Potter themed wedding. And so what she did is she took that theme and she made it classy, right? So she uh, made, she took the books and she made um, confetti cones using the pages from the books. Like how classy is that? That is so cool. Um, and then sort of, you know, where you might have the guest book, which is always a really great guest book table and table plan is a really good place to have some styling and to show off your theme your passion and and what the wedding kind of is supposed to look like and feel like so she would have um sort of old vintage medicine bottles and things like that kind of like potiony you know and then what i saw her do which is just brilliant and i've always i've never forgotten it if you've seen harry potter you'll know the quidditch balls are i literally just said balls like that's all i said that's all i said and I, you know, because I'm a child. Um, the Quidditch balls are, <laughs> are gold with little white wings. And as the wedding favour, she's Ferrero Rocher with little white wings. That's cool, isn't it? 
you know, because that's subtle. That's a subtle nod to it. Lord of the Rings themed. Again, I mean, I've never watched a Lord of the Rings, if I'm honest, but I don't need to see Bilbo Baggins coming in. I don't want you to hire an actor to dress up like Bilbo Baggins. I don't want, as a celebrant especially, I when I say to my couples, oh, I'll do anything, I will do anything, but I will not dress up like a member of Lord of the Rings and I will not recite some sort of, I don't know what language they speak or whatever, but I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'll make a Lord of the Rings related joke. That's what I do. But there's a classy way to do it. Don't go too far. You know, if you like Michael Jackson, brilliant. Play some music in the background. Don't make everyone wear a glove. That sounded weird. If you are obsessed with Robin Hood, brilliant. Get married in a wood. Maybe wear a forest green tie with a tweed suit. Do not have bags of gold coins everywhere and bows and arrows as your wedding favour. People do not want that shit. They do not want a bow and arrow. Okay? You've got to think about how you can bring the theme in and do it in a classy way. If you are, if you met skiing, perfect. I've seen ones before where, again, so I've said about the the guest book table and then the table plan area, but also the table names. And the table centerpieces, they're also really good um, scenarios in which to show off your theme. So this couple met skiing and they love skiing. They go skiing all the time. And so each table was named after uh, a mountain, after a ski area. And um, and they just had like little wooden skis with the name name on them in the middle of the table. And that was it. Perfect. Perfect. You don't need to ski into your wedding venue. You don't need to come down the aisle in a full onesie with a helmet and and goggles on and gloves and, you know, blast aircon into the room so it really feels authentic. Oh, no one wants that. Because also, whilst I say to you, and I've always said to you, and I will always say to you that this is your wedding day and it's about what you want, it's also about other people. And they don't give a shit. They don't care about your love for Lord of the Rings, do they? And if they do, <laughs> then more for you but I'm not on board with it. <laughs> I just think it's really important to show your personality and to show your passions and what you love, especially as a couple, but there's just such a way to do it. And the reason I said at the beginning of this episode is that I love Easter so much. Easter is, the, the Easter decorations are classy. They can be, and they lend themselves to wedding, right? Because of the time of year, it's spring and they're all pastel colours and they're just so lovely. If you have kids at a wedding, arrange an Easter egg hunt. Make the wedding favours the little lint gold chocolate bunnies. That's all you need. You don't you don't need a giant egg on each place. Um, you don't need a giant cross. People don't want to walk into a venue and the first thing they see is a man on a crucifix. We don't need to eat hot cross buns in the reception. I mean, I'm not going to say no. Who doesn't love a hot cross bun? But that could spark a debate, couldn't it? People are funny about that because of the old religious thing. Couldn't explain why. We establish. I don't know much. You could have... Um, you know, balls of, <laughs> balls of sweet, bowls of balls, <laughs> bowls of sweets, um, as like a, a sweet station or a, a pick and mix table or what have you. Um, you could, you could make up a game that, go to the ta- that goes in the middle of the table that gets people talking, you know, like, like an Easter egg hunt, but not Easter eggs. It could be like, find uh, the man who um, was there when we got engaged. Uh, find Karen. <laughs> 
I actually really love that idea. I wanted to do that for a wedding I planned a few years ago. Um, no one knew anyone because they were quite a nomadic couple. They sort of travelled all over and they were from different parts of the world anyway. And it was no one really knew anyone. And so they wanted to um, come up with an idea of how to get people talking. So I said, well, you could have like just like a fun, like a scavenger hunt, I suppose, but like a really fun one. Like literally, like I think one of them was find Karen. And <laughs> I think that was the one that made everyone nervous. Whereas I was just looking around, Karen, Ka Ka anyone know where Karen is? There's always a Karen. So there are there are such brilliant ways that you can bring in a theme, a themed wedding, and you can keep it authentic to you. You can show off something that you feel really passionate about and something that you really love, but you can do it in a classy way. I think that's what's key. Don't take things too literally. Focus on it. Like if that's your pinpoint, if that's your focus, if that's your theme, your vibe, that is the what you want everything else to stem from, then go to town. 100% commit. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You should absolutely commit to your theme, whether it's a strict theme like Harry Potter or whether it's a more sort of fluid theme like a whimsical romance, right? Like pick it and stick to it because that will help you make decisions. You know, if you want a, a rock and roll wedding, then you're not going to want to string quartet so it's there's so much choice out there now when you come to finding your supplies and your decorations and everything to make your wedding fantastic there's so much choice that it can be completely overwhelming so actually i do think that having a theme of some kind can help i'm just asking you and nay nay i am praying you to do it in a classy way i've just remembered i've just remembered one of the weddings i saw they now what was it they created I don't even know if it was because they liked it. I think they just went, they went, they went with it. And I think they, it was like a nickname they had for each other. And it was kind of like Mr. Dobble and Mrs. Double. Or it was something very strange like that, like cartoony. And so what they'd done is they created these characters and they had either hired someone to draw these characters or they had drawn them. I, I don't know the logistics. But there were these cardboard cutouts of these characters, almost like if you've got a kid, you'll know, like Cocomelon or um, I don't know, like a mascot, like an icon, like the McDonald's icon or whatever. Like these sort of bubble style, brightly coloured characters, Mr. and Mrs. Dobble, Dooble, whatever. Um, and they were all over the venue. They'd printed them up and put them in different scenarios and they were all over the venue. It was very, very strange because that was a nickname that they had for each other no one else knew about it so it was just it was strange because people were like people were very confused well who is this what is this did they meet at some sort of comic book convention very odd um whereas if they just kept that to themselves <laughs> then it would have been fine um I, i'm slightly fearful that i've just sounded like an absolute bitch for this episode and i don't mean to I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Um, and like I said, at the end of the day, you've got to do you. And whatever you feel is right absolutely goes to town. It doesn't matter what other people think. I just, I'm here. I'm here to just offer my advice and uh, my thoughts. And that's all I can do. So to conclude, Easter, chocolate, religion, themed weddings. <laughs> the end. <laughs> So, in other news, uh, we are now pretty far through the old um, the old podcast scenario. We've done pretty well. We've been going quite quite a few months, and I've absolutely 
adore doing it and I cannot quite believe that people actually listen. It's terrifying for me. Um, but you do, you do, you do. And that's wonderful. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. But, you know, I'm a busy woman and we're, we're coming into wedding season. It is about to kick off. So I just do not have the time. <laughs> Ever so snowed. B2B, walking through treacle. I am just totally snowed under. So my darling producer, Drew, has allowed me to take a break. So we are going to take a break. We're going to do a few more episodes. But the last one for this series, I don't know if that's what you call it in a podcast, will be on the 2nd of May. So only a couple more weeks. And then we'll take a break, but only for a few months. We'll be back um, in the autumn, in the autumn of 23. And I'm going to have a whole season's worth of weddings to talk to you about and, and new ideas and new thoughts and opinions, God help us. Um, and all these tall tales to tell you, and I can't wait. Um, but yes, there's a few more episodes left. I just wanted to let you know like in advance so you can emotionally and spiritually get ready for that break. But you can always just relive the old episodes, can't you? And if you really miss me, you can just give me a ring. Just have a chat. I'd love that. But thank you so much for your support. Keep listening. There's a few more to go, so don't panic. I'll speak to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.